I am favored. And I know it. I know it. I recognize his favor. I recognize his favor. I receive his favor. And I appropriate his favor in my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, chosen vessel. Uh, now, before we take the Bible affirmation, I'm led that we should just pray some quick prayers this morning before we get into the word. Uh, turn with me your Bibles to Numbers 23, 23. Numbers 23, 23. Open your Bible so that you will know it is there. When you get home, when you are going to open, you won't be able to open the screen at home. Unless it's the screen of your device. Amen. Numbers 23, 23. Amen. I'm being patient for you to open. I know it's there on the screen. Amen. Let's get you to opening our Bibles. Eh? Let it not be that you came to church, you didn't open your Bible. Amen. Whether it is the Holy Bible, hard copy Bible, or Holy Bible, digital Bible, open it. Numbers 23, 23. If you don't know where Numbers is, check your index. Oh, yes, I, I see from here. Praise God. Okay, let's read together. One, two, go. Surely. Amen. Amen. Surely it shall be said of me, it shall be said of you, see what the Lord has done. Now drop the Bible, drop the Bible on your seat, and we're going to pray. Thank God for his care over you. Thank God for his favor on you right now. Thank God. Thank God. Uh, what we're coming to do shortly just now is to pray some prayers as led of the Lord. Thank God. Thank God for his favor on you. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. I want you to tell God, God, you are the judge of all the earth. And I know you pass righteous judgments. Therefore, I command today in the name of Jesus, every wicked satanic judgment over me, over my business, over the work of my hands, I command them to be overturned now in the name of Jesus. I command them to be overturned now in Jesus' name. Wicked judgment. Nabal had a vineyard. It was his vineyard. It was the vineyard of his father, of his mother. Then the king put his eyes on it. Jezebel connived with the elders of the land. On what was his? On what was his? They killed him on what was his? They passed an evil judgment and they killed him. Over my life in the name of Jesus. Over my life. Every satanic judgment. Over what is mine. Over my right. Over the things you have given me. Over your blessings of my life. Lord, you are the righteous God of all the earth. Overturn every wicked judgment against me. Wickedness of the lips of men. Wickedness by the conspiracies of men. Wickedness by the joining of hands together of men. Wickedness wickedness. Let all those satanic cancers be overturned now in the name of Jesus. I want you to pray please. If there is no reason I won't be asking us to pray this prayer. Pray over your life, over your endeavor. 
I overturn every wicked judgment at this time. I overturn every wicked judgment at this time. I overturn every wicked judgment in the name of Jesus. Whatever satanic counsel have been passed, I overturn them now. They met in their quorum, they met in their courts, they met in their coven. I overturn their counsels now in the name of Jesus. Over my life, over my staff of bread, over my children, over my spouse, it will not stand. It will not stand. It will not stand. Over my endeavors, I declare it will not stand in the name of Jesus. Pray. Pray, pray, pray. Those that are waiting for the execution of their sentence, they shall be disappointed in the name of Jesus. Those that are waiting for the execution of that sentence, I declare in the name of Jesus, they shall be disappointed. Those that are waiting for the execution of that sentence, I declare in the name of Jesus, they shall be, they shall be put to shame. I command such an evil audience to be scattered now. I command such an evil audience to be scattered now. To be scattered now in the name of Jesus. Talk to God. Talk to God. Talk to God. Talk to God. Pray today. Let such an evil... They are waiting to clap. They are waiting to mock. They are waiting to laugh. They will wait in vain. I command them be cancelled now. Be scattered now. Over me, over my children... Over my spouse, over the work of our hands, be scattered now. Talk to God. It shall not stand. They have met and said they have blocked all the road. It's a lie. Jesus is the way maker. I know that in Jesus there is a way. There is a way. I locate the ways now. I locate the ways now. I locate the ways now. By the Spirit of God, I am led to the way of escape. By the Spirit of God, I am led to the way of breakthrough. By the Spirit of God, I am led into the way right now. I locate the way out. I locate the way out. I refuse to be stranded. I refuse to be stranded. I refuse to be stranded. By the Spirit of the Lord, I locate a way out right now. Talk to God. Talk to God. That their meeting will not form a quorum. Pray. That meeting will not form a quorum. That meeting will not form a quorum. If it's a vehicle that is carrying them, the vehicle will have problem on the way. Whatever is the means of conveyance, for them to gather, I scatter them today. Two of them will not come together. Two of them will never come together. They will never be together. Release the blessings of God upon your life right now. The dew of heaven. The dew of heaven. The dew of heaven. Let it come upon you. Come upon the work of your hands. Come upon the work of your hands. Upon your body, upon your health, upon everything with which you are identified with, upon your interest, upon your children, the dew of heaven, the dew of heaven, the dew of command the blessings to come. 
You live here today without question answered. You live here today without solution brought. You live here today knowing exactly what to do. With whom to do, when to do, how to do it. You know it. No more moping. You cannot and can never be stranded. Pray, pray, pray. Let the oil of favor from above drop upon you right now. Let the oil of favor from God drop upon you right now. Let the oil of favor drop upon you right now. In Jesus' name. Give him thanks for answers. Give him thanks for answers. I declare you will not be stranded. Oh, give me a good amen. I declare you will not be stranded. I declare you will not be embarrassed. I declare that wicked judgments passed over you or your interest is overturned now in the name of Jesus. It remains a figment of their imaginations. It is null, it is void. I declare it is null, it is void in the name of Jesus. We put a restraining order on their beliefs now. A restraining order on their beliefs. We say it shall not come to pass. It shall not stand. It will not answer to them. In the name of Jesus. Your ways are open. Glory be to God. In Jesus name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Please lift up your Bibles. Let's take our Bible affirmation right away. Glory be to God. Say with me. This is my Bible. It's God's inerrant and unchanging word. It is my most valuable earthly possession. A lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I hide his words in my heart that I might not sin against God. The Bible is God talking to me personally. And therefore listen to it carefully and do it fully. And I internalize it in my life by doing these four things. Know it in my head by diligent study. Store it in my heart by memorization and meditation. Show it in my life by doing its teachings. And sow it in my world by being a witness. Hereafter, I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In the name of Jesus, for his honor and glory, both now and forevermore. Amen. Please you may warmly be seated and help me welcome somebody to church this morning. Praise the Lord. Enabling grace. I want to look and ask an aspect of enabling grace this morning. I have called laboring under grace. Laboring under grace. Some people are of the opinion that if the grace of God is working in our lives, then we don't need to do anything. But remember the definition of enabling grace that I gave us. Enabling grace is that grace that requires your participation and my participation for God's will and counsel to be established in our lives. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 9 to 10, I read. It says, For I am the least of the apostles, that I am not meet or fit to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain. 
but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was in me. I want you to note that phrase, I labored more abundantly. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12 and 14. Verse 12 to 14. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12 to 14. He said, And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who hath enabled me, for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry, who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor, and injurious, but I obtained mercy, because I did it ignorantly in unbelief, and the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. Amen. Laboring under grace. In Genesis, when God created man, the Bible says in chapter 2, he took him to the garden and asked him to walk. There was no sin on earth at that time. Yet God still demanded that man should walk. So labor is not because of sin. Labor is not because of the presence or the absence of sin. Labor is a duty of man. Labor is a blessing. Labor is a joy. Praise the Lord. And so when we talk about laboring under the grace of God, it's simply an awareness we have come to in our labors or in our pursuits that all the accomplishments we have, what we have been able to attain, what is answering to us, the results we are getting in life, we are getting those results not because we are really, really exceptional, but we're getting the results because of God's empowerment and God himself blessing the labors of our hands. Many people have done the same thing and yet no results. In your lives, have, you, have there not been times in which you have labored over a certain matter for so long, one year, two years, three years, and no result? But then something happened and there was a turn that took place. And as soon as the turn took place, things began to change around you. You probably were not even putting as much effort as you were putting in before. But you began to get results that you never got before. Because there's a factor. The factor of an empowerment by God. The factor of an empowerment that took away every resistance. Every eraser, whatever erases your profit, God takes it away. Laboring under grace is a thought or is a line in scripture or is a line that has been established in scripture. We see in 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1 to 2. 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1 to 2. The story of the prophet's widow. The husband had been a disciple of prophet Elijah, Elisha and uh, many things had happened in the lives of that prophet. The Bible says now there was a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophet. And she came unto Elijah and said some things. Her husband was a servant of the prophet. Lo and behold, they were in a situation. The man was indebted. And whatever reason, he is not been able to pay the debt. And it's now passed. It's late. Now the creditors have come. Maybe he had pledged. Or maybe it was a convention in their days. 
that if you cannot pay the debt, you'll be taken as a slave, or your next of kin will be taken as a slave, who will walk until such a time that the creditors feel that their labors, uh, their, their finances or their money have been repaid back fully by the labor of the man that has owed or the person that is next to him. I pray for somebody here in the name of Jesus. If you are in such a yoke, a, a, a debt situation in which you have not been able to get out, you have tried but it has not worked, you don't know how to even get out. I address the powers behind it now. And I say in the name of Jesus, let there be a way made for you. I pray for debt cancellation for you. I pray for debt forgiveness for you. I pray that God will make a way out for you in this situation. In the name of Jesus. Let resources be made available for you to pay. One way or the other, let God provide a way for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, this woman recognized her situation. She recognized that she couldn't remain like that. The power of God was everywhere around them. But yet, in her own particular case, the power of God was not working. Like the woman with the issue of blood. She has heard about the miracles that the man of God, Elisha, had done since the passage or since the transition or translation of his master, Elijah. And she made up her mind to go and see him based on what she knew. She could have sat down on herself and said, God is seeing me where I am. If God is going to do anything, if God is going to change my situation, let him see me and come and change my situation here. But she said no. She had to get up. She got up, left her home, and went to go and look for this man wherever this man was. Why? Because she believed that there would be a specific word from God to help her get out of this situation. You see, she was disadvantaged. Everything worked, was working against her. But the only thing that she, see, she saw or she knew that could work against, that could work in her favor was for her to go and locate the man of God. She knew that the answer was in the hands of God. And for her to get it, she must con make contact with the man of God. In our lives today, it may not be all the time we need to do that. Because God's grace is abundant for us today. But even where we need to do, the Bible says that she got up. The creditors were coming at any moment. Supposing they came to take her children while she was not around. She took the risk and got up and went to look for the man of God. Beloved of God, getting up from her place. Getting up from trying to hide her children. Because she knew hiding the children was not the answer. The fact that she got up to do something about her situation was labor being put even in the face of the grace of God. There are a number of things she did. Going to look for the prophet. Eventually she met the prophet. She endured the scrutiny of the prophet. Remember, when Hannah met Eli, Eli thought she was drunk. Because oftentimes women that were drunk behave like that in the presence, in the temple area. And so she thought this was one of those drunk women. The Bible says he began to query her. Yet, because she knew what she wanted, she endured the scrutiny of, Elijah, of Eli. This same woman here endured the scrutiny. The man of God asked, what do you have? She didn't know what she had. But eventually, upon persistent questioning, she was able to, well, I have a small oil there. And the man of God said, go, let us start from where, what you have. She could have easily said, that oil is nothing. 
That oil cannot do anything for me. But she received the word of God and she believed the word of God. The man of God told her, go, borrow vessels. Don't forget, this woman, she was under a yoke of debt already. In order for her to get out of her debt, you are asking her to go and get into further debts. It took faith in the, act, in the words of the man of God for her to do that. And don't forget also, our neighbors all around were already aware that this woman was a debtor. And the creditors was coming. Supposing she collects all these vessels that we have at home here. And she carries everything overnight and goes to sell and runs away. Uh, what will we do? Or goes to sell and use it to pay for the release of her children. What will we do? Are we coming back to hold her? Now because we are neighbors, they cannot do that. But the woman, in spite of all the eaves, all the possibles that could happen, she refused to be bogged down by the possible questions or fears she had not even experienced yet. She took the man of God by his word and went and did exactly what the man of God did. It was an act of obedience, but backed up by faith. Listen to me. You cannot successfully labor under grace if there is no word you are holding on to. You cannot successfully labor under grace if you are not taking actions based on the word and the prescriptions of the word. The man of God said, go borrow vessels. She went, borrowed vessels. He said, bring the vessels into your house. She brought the vessels to her house. He said, lock the door behind you. She locked the door behind her. And when she locked the door, she began to pour step by step. Faith is not only action. Faith is acting in line with the prescriptions that have been made. Faith is doing according to the word that God has given you. Faith is taking actions, fulfilling the conditions associated with those actions as God has led you. Beloved of God, there is something called laboring under grace. Jesus Christ was under heavy grace of God. Yet, he was still going about from place to place, teaching and healing all day that were oppressed of the devil. The Bible says how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Who went about? Why did he go about? It was the, the display of his labor under grace. Beloved of God, there is need for actions to be taken. Your participatory role in the things that God has brought before you are the things that are required for you to do to show that yes, I recognize the place of the grace of God. Yes, I recognize the hand of God of my life. Yes, I recognize that all things are possible unto them that believe. As a result of that, I begin to take actions in line with what God has told me. In Luke chapter 1 verse 26, a young lady was walking about a normal day. It was a normal day for her. And suddenly in one of the places, she encountered a mysterious man, an angel of the Lord, who said to her, Hail Mary, you have favored of the Lord, this, 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 that. He said, you will have a son, and you will call his name this, 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 for he shall do this, he shall do this, he shall do this. Mary asked, how can it be possible, seeing that I know not a man? But the angel said, don't worry. The spirit of the highest will come upon you. And when it comes upon you, that holy thing that is going to drop in you, shall be delivered and shall call him this or that. Do you know that if Mary did not open herself to receive the word of that servant of God, the angel of God, the grace for her to be pregnant would not have been released. Until she agreed, 
until she said, let it be done unto me according to your word. There was no release by the angel of the word of the fact that the spirit of the highest will overshadow her. When she submitted to the word of the angel, the Bible says indeed the spirit of the Lord overshadowed her and she found out that she was pregnant. Mary knew the dangers of it. People can accuse her that she went to fornicate and got pregnant. The husband-to-be was already waiting to consider her. He was going to put her away quietly so that she would not be stoned by the people, so that the people would not kill her. But thank God, when she obeyed God, grace began to walk on her behalf. The Bible says the angel of love went and spoke to the man. Don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for what she's carrying is holy. God is the one behind it. Because the man had been used to God speaking to him in his dreams. Because the man knew particularly that this was the word of God for him. The Bible says he took her and brought her into his house as his wife. To protect her and to ensure that there is a home provided for that child. Because if the secret had been held that he was not the father of Jesus. The Jews, when Jesus came back, they would have said it to him. You are a bastard. We don't even know who is your father. But we never had such a thing. But the point I want you to notice is Mary. She accepted the word. She carried the Lord Jesus. How many of us have been pregnant here before? You have carried a child. Good. No, lift it up well. Amen. The question is, I want to ask you. Do you think because she was carrying the Lord Jesus, she didn't have morning sickness? Hello? Eh? Can somebody answer that question? Do you think she didn't have morning sickness? Do you think she didn't throw up? Do you think she didn't feel like eating anything? Do you think the baby in her didn't kick? Every sign every pregnant woman has, Mary had them. Otherwise, the baby shouldn't, the tummy shouldn't have protruded. But the tummy protruded because she was carrying a child. Are you with me? Mary, in spite of the fact that the Spirit of the Lord had overshadowed her, Mary, in spite of the fact that she was carrying the baby Jesus, she didn't miss any sign of pregnancy. She had all the feelings of pregnancy. Why? Because God needed her participation. So she must go through what was normal for women to go through in the course of pregnancy. So that she will know, truly speaking, I am carrying somebody. And of course, God will be there to help her like he helps any other woman. Mary wouldn't have had any extraordinary help except for protection of God on her so that the hands of the wicked would not reach her. But the important thing is this, that the moment she accepted, the grace for pregnancy came. And the grace to carry the pregnancy to term took place. Beloved of God, God may give you a very heavenly assignment, but it doesn't mean that you will not face your position. God may give you a very heavenly assignment. It doesn't mean that the challenges will not come. It doesn't mean that the times of disappointments will not come in that assignment. But for you to know that within the context of this assignment, these and these and these is what is expected of me. Mary, the mother of Jesus, when the angel told her, your cousin Elizabeth is pregnant, this is six months with her. The Bible says she went to the hill country to go and confirm that. Why was it necessary? She wanted to be sure of the things that have been committed to her. Beloved of God, laboring under grace takes work. Look at Apostle Paul, for example. 
He said, for several days, they have been marooned on the sea. He said, there was a time he spent a day and a half under the sea. How he survived, we don't know. Apostle Paul, in spite of the fact that he had a glorious call of God upon his life, the Bible says that he wrote at a point that 14 years ago, I know a man, whether in the flesh or in the spirit, he went to the third heavens. He was caught up there. What happened there? He, he was stoned and left to death. This man thought he was going to die. Or people, in fact, at a point, those that stoned him had concluded that he was dead. Then the believers came together. The Bible says they surrounded him and prayed together. As they prayed, he came back. When he came back, he said, let us go to the next city. Beloved of God, God's grace was upon him. God's hands was upon him. But in spite of all those graces and hands of God upon him, he still faced opposition. The fact that you are facing opposition in the assignment God has given you does not mean that God is not there. Apostle Paul, in his work several times, he told the Roman church in Romans chapter 1 verse 13, he said, I want to come to you several times. I had attempted to come to you several times, but have been hindered. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 18, he says, I, Paul, I tried again and again to come to you. But what happened? He said, Satan hindered us. It didn't prevent him from still going. Beloved of God, laboring under grace doesn't mean that you will not face the things others are not face, others are facing. You will face them. You might even face much more. But one thing is certain: if they have a miscarriage on the way, you will not have a miscarriage. Provided you are focused on the things that God has called you to do. Laboring under grace will take energy. Laboring under grace will take your faculties, mental faculties. Laboring under grace will take you planning efficiently to be there. To be able to carry out the responsibility that God has given you. The fact that there is grace available for you to labor does not mean that you are going to have it smooth all through. Beloved of God, the challenges that people face, you will face. Let me read from 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23 to 27. From the New Living Translation, the stories, some of the things that Apostle Paul faced. Yet, he said he labored under grace. Some of the things he faced. Second Corinthians, yes, chapter 11, verse 23 to 27. He says, are they servants of Christ? I know I sound like a madman, but I have served him far more. He says, I have worked harder, been put in prison more often. Yet, this man was laboring under grace. Why must he work harder? When the grace of God is upon me, why doesn't the grace take over the work? No. Grace will not do what you are supposed to do. But what the grace of God will do is that as you walk, he will confirm that he is with you. You cannot be lazy because you are under grace. You cannot be lazy because you know that God's grace is upon you. God expects you to walk. Do all you know to do as if everything depends on that your work. Study as if it depends on your study. Pray as if it depends on your prayer and you will see the hand of God. Paul said, I, I worked much more. I worked harder than them all. Grace is not an excuse for laziness. Grace is not an excuse for shoddy jobs. Grace is not an excuse for lack of skill. Even with grace, you need skill to also carry it out. Amen. Amen. Are you hearing me, somebody? He said, I have been whipped times without number. He couldn't count the number of times he has been flogged. He said, I have faced death again and again, still under grace. Verse 24. 
It says five different times. The Jewish leaders gave me 39 slash lashes. Five different times. They gave him 39 lashes. Verse 26. It says 25. Three times I have been beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and a day adrift at sea. I have traveled on many long journeys. I have faced danger from rivers and from robbers. I have faced danger from my own people, the Jews, as well as from the Gentiles. I have faced dangers in cities, in the deserts, on the seas. And I have faced danger from men who claim to be believers but are not. Verse 27. He says, I have worked hard and long, endured many sleepless nights. I have been hungry and thirsty. I have gone without food. I have shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. Beloved of God, laboring or because of grace that is abounding, it doesn't mean you should not labor. Laboring under grace requires discipline. Laboring under grace requires focus. Look at Joshua. Joshua, the hand of God was on him. God had so much anointed him. This man, Joshua, he spoke to the sun and the moon to stay. And the Bible says God had him. He said, never in history has God had a man had the, 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 from the lips of a man as God had Joshua on that day. This same Joshua, the Bible says he must fight to win the land. This same Joshua went to Jericho. The first time he was to concert, the Bible says that he didn't just walk in there because he carried grace. He had to follow the laid down strategy that God had given him. Have you bothered to find out the strategy for your assignment? God told him, on the first day, everybody go around once. On the second day, go around once. On the seventh day, go around seven times and then let the horn be blown. While you are doing it for the, remaining, for the early six days, no voice must be heard. Joshua followed every instruction. On the seventh day, he did it seven times. Why didn't he say people will be tired going around this big city in seven times in the day? When we went through it once a day, we know how much we suffered. Now you are asking us to go through seven times in the midst of that situation where people will be stressed, people will be tired. You are asking us to go and fight. Joshua did not give any excuse. He obeyed everything to the letter and he went ahead and fought and God gave him victory. Beloved of God, grace is not an excuse for laziness. Grace is not an excuse for a shoddy job. Naaman, the grace of God was so mighty on the life of Elisha the prophet. He came with so much hope. But lo and behold, Elisha refused to see him. When Elisha refused to see him, he just sent in words to him. Go, wash in the Jordan seven times. He was aggrieved, he was angry. This dirty smelling Jordan, he want me to go and wash for seven times. But thank God for the people around him. They told him, if he had told you to do a mighty thing, wouldn't you have done it? What we want is resolved. The result we want is that your skin will be healed. Go and do what this man has asked you to do. After all, if you don't get the result, of what is it? You are a leper now. You only go back a leper. But somehow, we have had the testimonies of this man. Go ahead and do the same. The man went deep. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. The seventh time when he was coming, the Bible says his skin was like a child's skin. Why? There was grace. Why must he do it seven times? Couldn't he have done it once? Yet, there was grace. 
What about blind Bartimaeus? The Bible says Jesus himself, he was there. Jesus, it is from Jesus we enjoy grace. Whatever grace you have today in the church is because of Jesus. The Bible describes it in several instances in the New Testament. It is the grace of our Lord Jesus, nothing more. We are enjoying it because of him. Jesus was passing by. He was moving from the old Jericho to enter into the new Jericho. And when this man had a tumultuous shout, when he heard the shout and the noise, the footsteps that were going wrong, going around him, he knew there was something different from what they had been experiencing. And he asked somebody and they told him, that miracle man is passing by. And lo and behold, where he was, he knew that that was his day of miracle. Jesus was passing by. What did he do? He can't ask anybody to take him to Jesus because the person that you are asking that should take you to Jesus, you don't even know how far or near he is from Jesus. And where he was, he sat down there and began to shout, Jesus Christ, thou son of David, have mercy on me. He touched him at the point of David, at the point of mercy. Remember the sure mercies of David. He must have been going to church or synagogue. He must have heard the word of God being read. And he knew that this man is connected to David. And there's something about the dynasty of David about the mercy. And he stood there. He was shouting. We don't know how long he shouted. But he kept shouting, have mercy on me. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard it, it triggered something in him. The Bible says, he said, who is that man? Bring him here. And when he brought him, what do you want me to do? He said that I may regain my sight. And instantly, he regained his sight. So why didn't he shout once and keep quiet? He knew he was the son of David. Why didn't he sit down and say, eh, if he's the son of David, let him come and look for me here. In fact, today is the day I'm going to prove he's the son of David. He didn't do that though. He kept shouting. Beloved of God, you can, even when grace is abundant, overflowing, you can't afford to be lazy. Look at Judah, I mean, uh, uh, the other guy, the short man, Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus. The Bible says he wanted to see Jesus, but he had the unfortunate experience that he was a short man. He was a short, rich man. Maybe he was also an extended man. You know what I mean? Being short, being rich, it's very easy for him to put on weight. Are you with me? Are you following me? Just imagine with me as a man. And so he tried to look through. He couldn't see. There were people all around him. And in such a situation, is everybody answer your father's name. And so he looked and looked and looked and looked and looked. He tried here. He tried there. I don't know if he offered somebody to carry him. Let him see Jesus. But who will carry a fat man of that size? Are you with me? The man sat and talked to himself. If I remain here, I won't see this man. And I must see this man. I must see this man. Only God knows what he had about the man. The Bible says he looked around. And he saw a sycamore tree some distance away. And he checked the itinerary of Jesus. That Jesus is likely going to pass through this place. He left the crowd. He left the crowd. Spoke to himself. And ran ahead to that place Jesus will pass. And climbed that sycamore tree. When he climbed the sycamore tree. The Bible says he went there and passed. Supposing he said, with this my weight. What if this branch I'm patching on? He said, all die and I die. If I'm dying today, let me die. I must see this man. You see, such a desperation backed by in the presence of grace always makes the impossible happen. As he was looking, as he was looking, as he was looking. So that is him. That is him. That is him. In his heart, there was a yearning. He did not even hear it. But there was like a GSM signal was passed. 
there was a signal that was passed from his heart. And Jesus saw it or picked up the signal. When he got to where he was, Jesus looked up and said, Zacchaeus, come down. Today, I must be in your house. Listen to me. In the midst of grace, there is labor. You must labor. Don't say grace covers, grace covers, grace covers. Sit down there, you'll be hungry. Grace cover, grace cover, you are not doing anything. Apostle Paul did not see Jesus physically. Except the times in which he had revelations of Jesus. But he said, even among those that saw Jesus physically, when he came along as one that was born out of time, he made up his mind to labor. Why? Because labor, in anything he does, was, also, was always part of him. The first thing was he separated himself for three years. He went to the wilderness of Arabia to study about Jesus. And there he received the revelations of Jesus. And he continued several times in fasting. How can Apostle Paul go to the church in Corinth? The church in Corinth is said there were over 10,000 people at that time. And Apostle Paul said, I pray in tongues more than ye all. What manner of man was he? And yet he had oversight of many of the churches. Go and read his letters to the churches. I'm praying for you this. I'm praying for you that. I'm praying for you that. I rejoice in the Lord because of this. As he was praying, he was listening to get news from them. Later, he began to write letters concerning them. I began to send people all around. The places he couldn't go, he was sending people. The people he had trained with him to send them to go and do the work. That man labored. No wonder. Out of 27 books of the Old New Testament, he wrote 14 of them. Why? He was educated. Not just education. He labored in the midst of it. Beloved of God, what are you doing? What are you doing? Look at the man at the gate, beautiful. He didn't know anything about grace. But one thing about him was that he was a diligent man. The only way he could eat was to go to the uh, temple to beg. And he, and he had a stand. There was a permanent place he had at the gate beautiful, the entrance. They called that gate beautiful. And he would go there. And every day, you, do you think it's easy to beg? Hello, do you think it's easy to beg? Beggars talk a lot. They talk a lot. If you doubt me, drive, you know what I mean, just by that church there, the Baptist church. Look to your left in the morning tomorrow. Somebody will jump, one leg, who jump, will be running. Eh, eh. They will be saying the same thing, say it several times. They were used to being ignored. But they never gave room. Your, the, your insults upon them meant nothing to them. Because they don't know who the next, their next miracle could be in the next person. They kept saying the same thing. They kept saying the same thing. They will keep saying the same, the same thing this man did. And the Bible says one day, don't forget, Peter and John, even after Jesus had gone, they've been passing that man that day. But that man spoke something today to them that day. And it triggered something in him. Peter said, look on us. He said, silver and gold have I none. But what I have, the name of you, I will give to you today. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk, laboring under grace. What is your work? You're a school teacher. Have you received instructions from God about what you are doing? What is your business? You are a homemaker. Have you received instructions about what you are doing? The problem in appropriating grace while laboring is lack of instruction. Why don't you get instruction from God? Mary received instructions from the angel and she followed through that instruction. 
The mother of Samson was told, why you are crying this baby? Don't drink any strong drink. She kept to that instruction. What is the instruction concerning that your business? It is because of lack of instruction. You don't know when it is time for you to move on. It is because of lack of instruction. When it is time for an expansion, you won't even know. You won't know what God is saying for the next moment in your life. Simply because you have not asked for instruction. Beloved of God, if you want to labor under grace and get the results of grace, you must be abreast. You must be acquainted with the instructions that pertain to that entity you are involving. Whatever it is, Apostle Paul received the instructions. He said, we come to you. We don't want to know whether you are Jew or Greek. Our own is to preach Christ to you. And we preach Christ and him crucified. That is all. To the Jews, it's a stumbling block. To the Greeks, they need wisdom. But we have come to preach Christ. They were clear in what they were preaching. No wonder God walked with them. No wonder God confirmed their word. Whatever it is you are involving, the grace of God is available to help you excel in that field. But beloved of God, for that grace to reach you, you must receive instructions that are required for you to do the work. Often when I started teaching on enabling grace, I liken enabling grace to you driving an automatic vehicle. Do you remember? When you drive the automatic vehicle, the systems in the vehicle changes the gear for you. But you must also drive that vehicle according to the rules. Are you following me? Do you care to know the rules that is governing your business? Could it be you are suffering because you are not hearing God? Could it be you are suffering because you are not giving room for God to instruct you? All these people that I talked about, one common thing that runs through them is a place of divine instructions in enjoying the grace of God. I want you to bow your heads today. Laboring under grace. Laboring under grace. Laboring under grace. The key point, you will still do the work you are supposed to do. You will still sweat where you are supposed to sweat. But are you sweating by instructions? Are you doing by instructions? Are you laboring by instructions? Or you are doing it in a laissez-faire manner as it feels good to you? Please, can somebody talk to God today? Lord, open my ears to hear. Open my eyes to see. Open my heart to understand. Lord, the seeing eye, the hearing here, the understanding heart, so that I will not labor like a fool. So that I will labor and the grace of God will be available for me. So that I will labor and get the fruits of my labor in Christ. Help me to labor by instructions, O God. Lord, speak to me. Give me an understanding of what you want me to do. How do I serve you better? How do I make a profitable business out of this business I'm doing? How do I excel in my business, in my parenting? How do I excel? Lord, you know I am trying. I am trying, Lord. But I'm not getting the results I'm supposed to get. Oh God, give me the instructions. Talk to God today. Talk to God today. Enabling grace doesn't necessarily make things easy. But it makes them possible. Enabling grace makes things possible. Not necessarily easy. You can fulfill the purpose of God for your life. I don't know if there's anybody here you don't know Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. 
I would like to pray with you right now. Maybe you are on site here or you are online. If you are here and you want me to pray with you, just stand as I pray now. You want to be reconciled back to God? Stand as I pray now. If you are online, join us to pray this prayer. At the end of the prayer, call the number on screen there. Somebody will be there to speak with you. Father God, I thank you. I thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. I believe in your word, oh God, that he died for my sins. He was raised for my justification. I believe he's at the right hand of the Father God now. Oh Lord, forgive me my sins today, oh God. I accept and confess him as Lord of my life. Receive me as your child today. In the name of Jesus. If you prayed that prayer, beloved, you are born again. I want to encourage you. See Pastor Nalawa in the house right now. He's the pastor in black suit standing across there. And for those of us that are online, call the numbers there. Somebody will be there to speak with you. I pray for you today, Father's house. I pray for you in the name of Jesus. That in whichever endeavor you are involving, may you get the instructions you need for this time, for this hour in the name of Jesus. So that your labor under grace will be profitable in the name of Jesus. May this labor yield fruits in your life, O God. You enter into the week, I release you as arrows in the hands of a mighty man. Go, possess the gates of your enemies in the name of Jesus. May God make his face to shine upon you. May God show you his favor greatly in the name of the Lord Jesus. God bless you. God keep you. God confirm his word over your life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's receive Reverend Tommy, please.